Welcome to Miami Sports Pod, post-NBA draft edition, Will Manso, Dookie Lang, Clay Ferro is off, he's got a case of the Cronkites, <laughs> he's a little busy doing news, well, you, know. He's, you know what I mean? He, he, all, he caught a case of the Burgundies. Uh, all, all for upward momentum, which uh, of Clay clearly had, so it is Dookie and I uh, breaking down what happened for the Miami Heat, and I think anyone who's listening now has had a few days to digest the what the draft was like for Miami. First of all, uh, you got to start with the first pick, and that's Tyler Hero. And uh, Dookie, you and I and Clay had our draft preview, and Clay and I did a write-up for Local10.com, and Tyler Hero was mentioned on each or written about uh, for a millisecond. He was, for instance, in my draft preview, I had a list of three or four guys I really thought would fit the bill, potentially, you know, guys that you could rotation guys right away that can maybe make an impact depending on, you know, what, what the position and the opportunity, three or four guys that had serious upside and then three or four safe picks, so to speak. Tyler Hero was on my safe pick area. And I think we can see why for those that have learned a little bit more about him, maybe watch some YouTube clips or see a little bit more of his game, read about the scouting report. He is a very solid player who can shoot and has some potential, but he is not that sexy pick that I think maybe fans that are clamoring for a star want. Now, I'm going to get into the reasoning behind that in a moment, but I want to get your initial reaction. You're a Heat fan on top of someone who obviously covers the team. What did you think when you heard Tyler Hero and then said he is just that safe pick? Well, the first thing that happened is actually somebody asked me on Twitter right in the middle of the draft, what do you think of the Heat's pick? And I said, I don't know. Because I didn't want to just throw something out there. I like it. I don't like it because I know it's 2019. We're all expected to have an immediate response. But my hot take was, I don't know. Because I have a philosophical point that I believe in. Just because you don't know a lot about someone does not mean they're not a good player. Like you told the story last week about when the Heat initially took Bam out of bio, you were like, uh, who's this guy? You know, there were, it, I had heard of him, but, right, but I, you I looked at it. Wait, you took a big man and it wasn't John Collins. Exactly. John Collins was the one that everybody knew about. And so, okay, so here's what I did. <laughs> I got home at about one o'clock in the morning and I spent the next two or so hours just researching the heat's picks. Right. So mm-hmm. the first thing I did is I said, let's look at Tyler hero. Let's go back and look at all the mocks and see where he was projected. Okay. So did the heat reach Did they get him too early? Could they have gotten him at 20? Could they have traded back and gotten more value? The answer is no. Every single mock, I probably read like five or six mocks, and all of them pretty much had Tyler Hero going 14. So they all, all, pretty pretty much every every mock I read had Tyler Hero essentially as a lottery player. Okay, so let's start from that. So anybody who initially was upset, this is not a kid who was really 28th, but Pat Riley fell in love because he was a Kentucky guy. This is a guy who people who slotted him had him as a lottery player. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is a one-and-done kid from Kentucky. This is a guy who was <laughs> second-leading scorer at Kentucky, was second-team All-SEC, first-team All-Freshman in a tough conference at a great 100%. historic program, and was maybe their best player or most important player, go-to guy, down the stretch going into the NCAA tournament. I'm sorry to tell you, if I tell you that resume... More often than not, if you haven't seen a second of the kid play, you're saying, damn, I like it. And I, actually, he, of all things, posted on Twitter a clip by John Calipari 
talking about Kentucky players in the NBA. And what he said is about 70% of Kentucky players end up getting second and third contracts. And that's about 20% at other schools. He's like, so what are we doing here to get guys NBA ready that other programs are not necessarily doing? And he said, because there's so much talent at Kentucky, guys have to learn how to play basketball. They have to learn how to play defense because most guys who come into the draft are going to be dominant, number one alphas, have the ball, leading scorer, leading shooter, but that's not the case of the Kentucky. Because they have so much good talent spread around, everybody kind of has to play a role. So even though he's averaging 15 points a game, that might be a realistic depiction of what he's going to do with the Heat. Well, they because were 15-0 and 0 in games he scored 15 plus. That's right. Actually, 19. 19 <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, so those are... So those are realistic sort of the transition for a Kentucky player going into the NBA playing at a level like that. Okay. So that's all that's part of what's going for him. Then what I do? I watched him play. I looked at lots and lots of highlights. I saw a guy who knew what he was doing on offense. It's not just his shooting cuz I know some people out there oh he only shot 35% from three-point land. His freshman year. Let's start by with the way, that. By the way, that's his specialty. So he was well-guarded. He was doubled at times. The, he, look, he was the primary ball handler at times. It's it's not to make excuses, but I wouldn't get too caught up in that. Pat Riley said, what, he made his last 20-something shots that he took? He hit in. 25 three-pointers in front of Riley, Mickey Harrison, Eric Spolstra. Good that, idea. That'll get you a job. Good idea. Although it did make me laugh when I heard that because I thought about our Dwayne Wade special that we did, and Riley talked about his workout with Dwayne when the Heat originally and he drafted. Wasn't and yeah. Wade was horrendous. Apparently, he had a terrible, terrible day. Didn't shoot well. Yeah. Didn't shoot well. But the other thing, I so he shot ninety three percent from the free throw line. That's pretty indicative that of what tells he can, me yes, what kind of shooter he is. That he has a good, repeatable, smart stroke. He knows what he's doing. That's a really, really good sign. Good. Sh- Bad shooters don't shoot 93% from the line, okay? They just or, they just don't. Or people with bad form. Zion Williamson, the number one pick in the, in the draft, shot 64% from the free throw line. Just saying. I okay. the Heat as a team last year shot about 70%, so, so, so right there. I mean. not, not to say, but, but here's, what I, here's what I liked about him watching his film. Constant activity. The guy is constantly moving, constantly trying to get around screens, constantly finding his shot, finding space. And you know, for a guy who's not that tall, he went to the basket a lot. I saw a lot of footage of him taking Euro steps and pump fakes, and he has he has a lot of moves in his bag yes, that looking at that if that your average shooter, your average guy who's just going to stand out and kind of be a chucker, doesn't have the variety and sophistication yeah. of an offensive game that but, I saw looking at him. All that said. This is not going to be a pod where it's 45 minutes of blowing smoke about Tyler Hero saying there, the this is just ever. analysis. Let me yeah. let me just let's play the devil's advocate and let's let's be honest. Tyler Hero is not likely going to be a superstar in this league. Now doesn't mean he can't be, and he's going to tell you otherwise, and the Heat are going to tell you that there's a lot more to him. But I think on the surface, when you draft a player like Tyler Hero, you and you mentioned a lot of the positives we both have already. He's not the guy that, and I mentioned the, the term sexy player earlier he's not the guy that's going to come in ball dominant dunking taking shots and penetrating fancy layups and all this stuff and and that electric type athlete you're you're not getting that guy and I think Heat fans call them delusional or just call them frustrated by mediocrity they thought maybe at 13 after another frustrating year you're in the lottery you don't make the playoffs that there were other guys Nasir Little 
Romeo Lankford, Seiko de Moya, guys like that that maybe offer a little more of a tantalizing upside, at least on the surface. Again, this is not saying there isn't an upside to Tyler Hero. This is saying that going into the draft, in previews and videos and clips and watching guys during the season, those are players that you heard more about and saw more about from an upside potential. But here's my 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 take, I guess, rebuttal on that. I tweeted immediately after the Tyler Hero pick. I'm surprised they took him over some of the guys on the board. I like him. I like the pick. I see the fit. But I thought that maybe the Heat's frame of mind was, look, we got to stop with the status quo of just solid role players with a little upside. We got to get to try to find a star. But I think what it ended up happening is that the Heat looked at this draft and they said, we have, there's four or five guys that we think maybe are star type players. None of them are going to fall to 13. There's a handful of guys after that that we really like. And Tyler Hero was one of those guys. He was reportedly one of the, t- the top 10 for the Heat as far as guys they liked. And they looked at it and said, this is not a destination right now where we get one player in this draft and we're a championship team. This is a building of a championship team. And to have a championship team in this in this day and age of the NBA, you have to have a guy that can shoot threes. You have to have a guy that helps with spacing. You have to have a guy that defenses have to respect and unpack the paint and, and, and get out there to defend the three-point shooter who can then, as you mentioned, not only shoot that three but also cut away and move to the basket himself. Point being, he is part of a piece that you need if you truly want to get to that next level. This doesn't erase the fact that the Heat know they need a superstar. They just didn't think you were going to get it there. The way they're going to get a superstar is likely going to be through a trade or free agent. So why not get a player like Tyler Hero? You mentioned the second, third contract from Kentucky. This guy's probably going to play in the NBA for a very long time. Why not get a guy who has that strong skill set that you know you need on a true contender now and then worry about building out the rest and getting that superstar when you can later? I'll, I'll be realistic for fans. There were only three players in the draft who were sexy. That's it. Three. Top three I, picks. I would agree with you. There, there were three players in the entire draft who you know are going to come in and be impactful unless they're major. By the way, that, that doesn't mean that there will only be three impactful players. No. There, somebody else no, will be No, but, will but, be there, but there, were th- there were only three players who their fan bases are super excited because they know they have an immediate difference maker, and that's Zion, John Morant, and R.J. Barrett. Agree. That's it. Everybody else is a question. Everybody else, everybody else has flaws in their game. Everyone else has reason. That's it. There were three. There were essentially. Let me put it to you this way: There's two ways to build in the NBA: the draft and free agency. The only three players in the draft who are actually like signing a major free agent were the top three. Everyone else is a roll of the dice. And so, and, and I think that, and I'll, I'll flip this to you while you say that. If you again, you're a fan. I'm a fan. We're all fans that are listening. You're likely Heat fans. I understand the frustration of not having a star, but to me, when I really sit back and after I thought it over the draft, again, my initial reaction was there were a couple guys I liked better. He's not the again, he was on my list of potential guys, but there were a couple guys I would have taken ahead of him in that spot, but I could see why they like him. But if you had the 50-50 on the upside where you said I, I could take a guy who maybe in my system develops and maybe I do get a 20-point score who who could be a, a lead dog, and that's great. Or, but there's the boomer bust potential there that the guy just never gets and never becomes that guy, which happens very often in the NBA. Or, I'm going to get a guy who I know has got the work ethic, who's got the shooting ability. You mentioned the consistent stroke. He he comes from a great program in Kentucky, so you know the culture's there. 
that can be a significant piece in my organization for five, 10 years. Do I take that over the upside? That was the choice for the Heat, and they decided to go the, that choice, and I can't fault them for that logic. I See, I would dispute the concept that he's just an upside, or that he lacks the upside. No, I think there's upside I, there. I, 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 I think, I'm not going to diminish I, that. But I think that people assume that He's going to kind of top out at a certain level because he comes in sort of as a specialist. Well, but that, that's what people think of him as. Right, he but can the, shoot threes. But the NBA, I mean, so Steph Curry. You know what? I get it. Like, and he can, by the way, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's going to be Steph Curry, but like the, being a three-point specialist is kind of a thing that in the but modern they, NBA okay, they play devil's advocate. Well, they had Wayne Ellington. He was a three-point specialist. They didn't even want him. You know, I mean that. that and, and again, no, and I, 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 by think, the way, I don't buy that. I think that's, that's what legit. people are telling me. But it, you know, you, know? It, you also have to remember something, right? It's about money. A lot of this is about money. And so if you're going to build a, a good team, Wayne Ellington's going to cost you, what, $6 million a year against your cap. This kid is going to be on a rookie salary. So maybe you do replace Wayne with him, but now you've done Initially, it cheaper. But again, Initi- their, their vision isn't just a specialist. And, but that's the point. Right. I think, I think realistically next year he's one, of your eight, he's one of your top eight rotation players next season right away. I, I think I'm so. I'm glad you mentioned because I want to get into section two. By the way, we haven't even mentioned Casey Ofala. You know, their, their, their second round pick they traded up for him. He's a guy that the Heat really like. Very athletic. I'm not going to sit here and break down and tell you I know everything about this young man. I he is a guy unlike Hero who played at Kentucky and you 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 just run into his games on TV. You know me. I don't watch much college football or college basketball during the season, but I'll run into Kentucky games. You know they play Duke early yeah. in the season. You see them on, uh, in the NCAA tournament. Ofala is not a guy that I really that I really you know. Uh, He's not a guy that I follow. He's not a guy that you – Stanford's not a team that you watch a lot of. But the upside there, and from what I understand, the kid has just got just really raw upside that Miami is very intrigued by, his length, his athleticism. And they love them enough to give up three second-round picks in the yep. future to move up to get him. So we'll get into that in a second. And also the whole thought – you just mentioned rotation. But remember, our sponsor today, Vera Motors, when you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac Buick GMC Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera Cadillac Buick GMC. Vera Cadillac Buick GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. Riley talked about particular the first round pick here a lot didn't talk much about a second round pick because of the, he's not uh, allowed yeah weird nba rules the way it works it, it's too complex ask me july 6th yeah, july 6th it, it's silly but what he did talk about though was goran Dragic being the starting point guard and i think that opened more eyes than them taking tyler hero to be honest with you i think a lot of people thought wait a minute isn't justice winslow gonna be starting point guard where goran was out a long time he became that even when goran came back he stayed that because they were trying to work goran in the lineup I really think if the Heat make the playoffs, it's still Justin start, Justice starting last year. So why the change? Why that? Why that all of a sudden declaration in June? When first of all you have an offseason moves ahead, which could include a trade, by the way, uh, and Justice being at that p- point where it just seems like he looked comfortable at point guard, and he's you know entering that phase of his career where that's it. His, his you take the hang, you, 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 you just go with him. You let you let him loose, and you just go with him. Why not put Justice at point guard? Why, why declare that Gorn is your starter? Well, first of all, aren't the Heat supposed to be positionless? So l- let's start with that. This is somebody a, has to start at that position. Sure, but this is not this is not ten years ago where it's like a point guard's a smaller guy, then the shooting guard's a little bigger. You know, you know, like everything was so defined. The small forward can shoot, can handle a little power forward, just bangs in the post. The, the, the NBA is so fluid right now. Okay, 
ultimately with Gorin, he's what, 33 years old? He opted into the final year of his contract. I think it's $19 million. He is not going to be long-term a part of the Heat's future. So why would Pat Riley talk up the idea of him being a point guard? Well, how about Pat Riley ultimately is going to try to get as much value for Goran Dragic as he can. Now, just because the Heat didn't make a deal on draft night for either Dragic or Hassan Whiteside, who also opted in this week, does not mean that ultimately those two will not be dealt at some point during this season. And so if you're trying to get value for Goran Dragic, do you say he's, how tall is he, 6'2", Will? Somewhere in that ballpark? So no, Goran is closer to 6'4". Oh, okay. Okay, he's, so he's a little taller than that. 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, but Goran is... You don't sell him as a two-guard. You sell him as a point guard for a team that needs a point guard, and they maybe want to showcase him that way. Because I think, ultimately, if Justice Winslow is going to be a fundamental building block of the Miami Heat franchise, then they are going to adjust their game to have Justice play the way he's most comfortable. So if that means if they want to play him off the ball and he's better playing point, he's ultimately going to play point. But right now, this season, they have to figure out what they're going to do and how they're going to clear their books of Gorin and how they're going to clear their books of Hassan. So maybe even though Bam is the future when it comes to their center, maybe there's a way that the Heat are going to showcase Hassan differently because they want to move Hassan in his contract. It benefits the Heat, not just for this season, but it benefits the Heat long-term for those two guys to look as good as possible, as early as possible, so that they can be moved. Oh, no, I so get that, it. Look, so, look. so I think from Pat Riley's perspective... We're not the ones who have to trade Goran Dragic, right? We're not the ones who have to call up a GM and be like, man, we got this point guard. He can make a difference right now. Or, he or he look, can run I, your team. He's not my starter anymore. I want to get rid of him. Right. Uh, and you don't want to make you don't want to make you don't want to oh, make him look like you want to you want to build him up. My my point on this is is first of all, it's June. Second of all, Pat Riley's not the head coach with Miami yeah. Heat. Eric Spolster is. And I know that they they all discuss things and they all and Pat, you, you see Pat and Eric all the time having conversations. In the end, Pat Riley is the president of the Heat, and Eric Spolscher is the head coach. So there is definitely a division there on who makes that final call. And I know Pat controls a lot, but in the end, he, he lets his head coach do his job, be a head coach. I, I will say this about that. I, I think you got to be careful with your wording. I think you can't bench a veteran right away. And this is the answer, sort of what you just said, and to the people that were reaching out to me, saying, wait a minute, I don't get this. How do you make this declaration? I read a lot with people frustrated. I understand why it's kind of jarring at first, like, ooh, wait, what? But to me, you let them go to camp, you let Eric Spolster decide what happens. If he feels that Gorn is playing at a high level and, and Justice can kind of be, like you said, positionless, he'll be the back point guard, he'll have his moments where he's at other positions. I mean, Justice can do it all. He can yeah. guard a lot, of, a lot of different guys. I'm fine with that. But there is a small part of me that just as a fan just wishes they'd go with the kids. I, I wish they would just ride the three young kids – now Tyler in the rotation, Tyler Hero guy in the rotation, uh, Derek Jones Jr. and just use the veterans as kind of the sixth men, you know, the, the, the key guys off the bench, that kind of, of of style. Now it's probably in the end going to be a mix of both. It's probably going to be where obviously Jay Rich is the starter of this team. Like obviously Justice is going to get his minutes. I think Bam, I think Bam solidified his place to start in those final twenty plus games, whatever that he started down at the end of the season. What they do with Gorn and Justice. Look, a lot of that may not matter. We'll see if they even trade. You know, what happens with Dion and JJ, how they handle that. There's a very unique kind of division with this roster where 
the Heat are not a young team and they're not a veteran team. They have a lot of older guys that have experience. Then they have young guys. There's really no middle ground. And you can kind of patch together a lineup of both. But when you're a mediocre team in the middle of the pack, sometimes youth is a little bit more exciting. And by the way, before the draft, the Heat acquired a second-round pick, right? They only had the 13th going into the draft. They traded future picks, I think, my daughter, who's five, will be in college by the time those picks come around. They, they traded those picks to get into the second round, and everyone's like, "Oh, that's just a chip. That's a." Chi-. And then they took. A I pl- thought I thought it was a chip. And then, but but then they took a player, right? The, mm-hmm. the kid out of Stanford, and to me, it shows that they want the core of the team to get younger. Okay, so a guy like Duncan Robinson is going to find his way into this rotation. The two kids they drafted are going to find their way into the rotation. The four young guys that we always talk about, Bam Justice, Josh, Mm -hmm. and Derek Jones Jr., those guys are going to find their way into the rotation. Because if you really think about it, if you look three years down the line, ask yourself, who's going to be a part of the Miami Heat three years from now? Mm -hmm. Okay, is James Johnson going to be a part of the Heat three years no, from now? No. Deion Waiters going to be a part of the Heat three no. years from now? Hassan going to be a part of the Heat three no. years from now? Goring going to be a part no. of the Heat? Okay, so now who will be? Justice going to be a part of it? I mean, in a perfect world, yes. Josh? I mean, well, I guess the, you know to answer your question, no one on this roster is uh, uh, is untouchable. No one's untouchable, <laughs> but 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 if you're laying but if you're laying out a vision of what the team could look like, there could be a team where you could incorporate Justice, Josh, Derek Jones Jr. The, the kids they just drafted, Duncan Robinson could have a role. These young guys could all fit into it. Then you bring in orcas, not whales. No, no, no. He doesn't want whales anymore. Pat Riley wants orcas. He wants killer whales, right? Mm-hmm. So, which, you know, just made me think it was 1 o'clock in the morning when they had that news conference, right? You know, it's funny. We always take everything Pat Riley says in a news conference, people take it as like the gospel. They break it down. They dissect every single word and utterance as a clue. Well, me, and sometimes it's just 1 o'clock yeah, in the morning and he's and just also, being funny. By the way, uh, something about Pat that I've learned throughout the years with Pat is that Pat, he does one of two things when he speaks to the media. He'll always have a message, but he'll do one of two. He's either going to praise his players to, blow, like I said, blow smoke and, and yeah. just make them sound great or whatever, just for whatever reason as, as, as the president of the team, whether it be trade or whether it just be uh, psychological, you know, he likes to tour with the media, loves to have fun and kind of say things that get the media going. But I also think the second one is he likes to warn players. Sometimes you'll get angry Pat who will go out there and he'll warn guys like, hey, this guy came in out of shape. This no smiling faces and hidden yes. agendas. That yeah. was my favorite one, by the way. I But the point is, Pat gets it. Like, I don't ever make too much of a Pat Riley news conference from that sense because he's, look, he may not make every right move. You may criticize him for a lot of things. I've criticized him. We all have there. And he's criticized himself for some of the moves yeah. he's made of late. But the bottom line being, Pat has a good idea and a good pulse of what this franchise is. And he understands what their needs are. He knows they need a superstar. He understands the guys that are on this roster are not the superstars. But he also understands how to kind of toy with the media a bit mess with people a little bit just to keep things loose or to maybe send a message. But this whole thing that Pat's lost it. Oh my God. Listen to his news conference. He sounds like a guy who's lost his touch on, on what, come on guys. I think honestly, I just think he was having fun. I mean, the draft was five hours. He spoke at one o'clock in the morning. So, okay. So, so to this internal strife, not, not strife, but this, this, this fork in the road, if you will, between the young guys and the older players. Here's something the older players can do that could resolve this matter very simply. Come in in ridiculous shape to training camp, be awesome, earn minutes. That's it. If Dion Waiters comes back 
to training camp is in top physical condition. And there were some videos on the internet of Dion playing some pickup ball this week. He looked he looked like he was in pretty good shape. He looked like he was in better shape than he was last year. If Deion Waiters comes back in amazing shape and plays fantastic throughout training camp, Deion's going to start. I mean, Eric Spolster is the one who's there. By I mean, the way, I, the I way, always... They, they, are, they, are, they are big fans of Deion. They really want to see Deion work out. They've been frustrated like I think everyone has, but I think they see something in Deion, and we all do kind of. If he is in shape, if he, he has got that fearless mentality that you need to take the big shot to go out there and make big plays they don't really have that now post Wayne Wade they need that more than ever and a healthy Dion and by the way Dion's not unlike JJ who you look at his salary and say man what were they thinking I know a lot of people they look at that money for what you get Dion could very well worth be the value of his contract and exceed it if he's the Dion from two years ago. What he has coming his way, the 12, 13 million, whatever, it's not ridiculous no, money. It's no. not like we're talking. Hassan Whiteside is making $27 million this year. Oh if my you're God. telling me that about Dion Waiters, <laughs> we're having a different and conversation. And he's, he's the third most useful big man on the team, by so, the way. Uh, so, uh, point being, Dion can still have extremely good value to this team, not just from a potential expiring contract the next year, you know, when he's got that one year. Right. But I'm talking about right now as a productive player, they need a good, healthy Dion. They just and, do. And this is something that. I know, Will, you get a lot of interaction from Heat fans on social media through Channel 10, through through your role on Fox. People go to you with their Heat complaints. But I think something that people have to keep in mind, whatever roster is assembled, whatever group, are, are the Heat going to hold training camp? they get to go somewhere exotic this year, or is it going to be somewhere you know, in South Florida? Asked, and, uh, they, I was not told, I was told nothing. Okay. Because they, they've, had, they've had training camp in Boca, and they've had it in the Bahamas. So wherever they have training camp, whatever they announce it, a group of guys are going to show up. Eric Spolstra has one job, to win. That's it. That So whoever shows up in the best shape, whoever embodies what the Heat perceive to be as their culture, whoever's going to make the team the best right away, that's who he's going to play. And and this older, younger, this guy, if Goran Dragic comes in in phenomenal shape, he's ready to go, and he's running the team, and he, he's, he's going to earn his $19 million. That's it. And I think that's... I think that's sort of the, the, the feeling that I get talking to you and listening to Heat is they're paying these guys. So, yeah, even if they want to move them, while they're paying them, they want to get as much out of them like any person who has an employee. While you work for someone and somebody and you're working on someone's dime, you owe them your best performance and they want your ultimate performance. Whether you work, from that, whether you work for them in a week and they move you to another company, it yeah. doesn't matter. While you're in that building, while the Heat are paying Goran Dragic $19 million, and while they're paying Hassan Whiteside $27 million, whether he's overpaid or underpaid, they want to get the most that they can out of him in the interim. Ultimately, sure, they might move his contract. Ultimately, he may not be a big part of their team, but it doesn't matter. You collect a paycheck, you do your job. Yeah, I think, you know, and the thing, too, post-draft, we have these discussions about players and roles and and. and it, the bottom line is this. I understand Tyler Hero is going to be a nice piece that they added. We talked a lot about what he brings, and I know that there's going to be people listening that say, oh, this is not going to be the business what they needed. How can a team full of role players get a guy who initially is going to be a role player? I, I get it. I get it. But I also get this. None of what we are saying matters. None of what the Heat are doing matters until they get a superstar. And the road to that superstar this offseason seems like a dead end. Uh, it does not seem like there is a route. Now, 
could they get Jimmy Butler? Could there be something like that in the, in, in the works eventually? Yeah, that's always out in the open until Jimmy decides what he's going to do, whether he stays with Philly or does. Was that Philly. your shout out to Clay? That was his, my Jimmy. Clay. Yeah, because Jimmy. Yeah. How many times? How many times has Clay texted us about Jimmy Butler in the last two well, years? Probably two, three hundred times a day. And, well, during that week where he almost got oh traded, my, God. my phone bro- I had to increase yeah, my phone it. plan. I went on the Butler plan. So, <laughs> the the point being, all of this is great for discussion, but no matter what Tyler Hero does, or if Hassan or Bam starts, or Gorn or Justice starts, at best, right? This is a forty-four, forty-five win team, right? Yeah. Fair. Yeah. At worst, they're. What they were last year, thirty-eight win team. You know, as it stands now, which, as we know, the offseason is just getting yeah. started. Moves can happen. I get it. We're having this conversation right now in June. This is the conversation we have at this moment. But that's why I think fans, in the end, I'm not sure how you could have made a fan happy. You trade up and you get Zion. I mean, what, that's about the only thing. And that was obviously well, you know, you know what though, people, <laughs> the way social media works. Well, if they would have drafted Zion, fans would be like, "Oh, he's a bad shooter." They overpaid for it. Like, there, there's no, there's no. That, that's one that will disagree with you. There, I think the, every fan and every he fan there's in the world no, would have been celebrating. There's no, I, I feel like there's no pleasing uh, any, and this isn't a criticism of Heat fans. This is a criticism of social media. You can do anything on social media and people are going to be upset about it. doesn't matter. And, you know, I, I go back to how we started this podcast. When people asked me what I thought of Tyler Hero, I thought to myself, well, let me watch him play a little. <laughs> like, yeah, cool. like let me, why- let me, like, why, why immediately, why 10 seconds after the event occurred, do I have to have a fully formed dug in for the rest of my life? I'm sticking to this opinion about someone who let's I've seen it. in passing. Let's I don't do know. It and how it happened real time, right? This is my social media. This is on my Twitter. What was said, um, Keep it about, clean, please. No, no, that's well, I'll just tell you right here. So I what was said about Tyler Hero immediately. So what I said immediately, I said, Tyler Hero, have to say I'm surprised. Not shocked, but surprised. He's a Kentucky guy, so that's no shock with Pat Riley. Still, I like some of the other guys on the board better. I do like Hero. He can really shoot. This won't be an instant hit for many fans, that's for sure. The responses is the responses start being, you know, uh, Will, time to delete this franchise. Not even near Tyler Johnson or Wayne Ellington. Okay? Horrible with what's on the board. I heard many boos here at the draft party. LOL, Pat just drafted Tyler Johnson. Unreal. We have Duncan Robinson already. You know? You, you read, there's more. I mean... Miami could have traded down a few spots and still got here. How do you know that? Yeah, uh, like that that that's honestly my my general opinion about Duncan all of Robinson that. Duncan Robinson 2.0. Are d- you freaking kidding me? The heat pass on Romeo Langford, shake my head. What if from I mean, here terrible <laughs> pick with talent on the board. The draft He'll be our next Chris, Chris Quinn, a lot of potential as an assistant. <laughs> I mean, go, look at that. Now there were a couple mixed in there that said wow. I do like the pick, he could shoot blah blah blah. Now, I noticed a trend about some of those comments so by I the said, way. So I, yeah, I know this, yeah, of course. So I said, like Bam, I do think Heat fans will eventually warm up to Tyler Hero. He can shoot. He's got some really nice potential. Then here are more comments. The issue isn't watching talent picked after him. The issue is watching talent picked after him flourish. It isn't warming up to him or liking him, okay? There's a bunch of players that were considered better than him. A surprise with what's on the board. Uh, Bam just has nice potential, that's all. What are you talking about? Tyler Johnson and Wayne Ellington. No way to spin this positively. Hey, well, can we? We got Duncan Robinson. We're tired of potential. Will can we? Can we do this more regularly? Will reads his Twitter replies. Well, Luke Kennard potential maybe. 
I like Luke Kennard's the, a good player. I'm the white guy, by the way. What? Bro, I, the, the that's I'm saying. There's a, there's a there's a theme to some of the reaction. By the there. way, the guy that I thought of is he's got a little a little Clay Thompson in him. He he's does. Got absolutely, Clay. Thompson. He's got some attitude, right? Yeah, I like that style of. When did swag become drip? Have I did I miss that? Am I getting uh, old? Because no. everyone's talking. Everyone's talking yeah, about. Well, yeah. I everyone's talking about. Oh, he's got drip. My clothes have drip. I, is that when did that become a thing? I've heard. Did of I miss it? Years. No, I don't use it because I'm not that cool. Because I mean, are there going to be shirts like the you invented drip? No, we still have the swag. So it's swag. Tyler is is drip, drip? Is drip like a national thing? Where like? Uh, no, I've heard. Teach say me. Drip. You have. I mean, you have players talk about drip. You know. You the, have, honestly, the draft was the first time I heard the word drip. Everyone's like, "Oh, look at my drip. clothes. They're drip." And I checked my faucet. Interesting. I, 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 I <laughs> you, uh, you had never worked. Uh, then again, you know, you and the hip factor and what's cool. Listen, man, I got two kids under six. <laughs> I don't get. I don't get out much. <laughs> Other than the draft, I spent I spent I was up at three a.m. watching Tyler Hero film. I don't get out much. Yeah, that's a good point. When you were texting me, I, I woke up the next day and I had uh, seventeen texts from yeah, David. because I was up overnight, all night. Overnight, I was going, up all night watching like film. Kid. He's pretty good. I, li- I like his style. <laughs> I like his I like his off the ball movement. I like the kid from Stanford. He's long. Actually, by the way, just one thing about him. You know who you know who the comp was all the draft. Trevor Ariza. Okay. I read Brandon Ingram. Uh, I'm okay Ariza. with I'm okay with Trevor Ariza. I, I think he's a guy that clearly is more of a project in the sense sure. that he's very raw. I think you know the, you look. He's going to get in the heat system. He's not a guy that does needs he to, have drip. Uh, you know he probably has some good drip. Probably has. You know who has drip too? Vera Motors. When you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you, there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera, kind of like Buick GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera Cadillac Buick GMC. Vera Cadillac Buick GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. All right, so next up, we get to watch some of these kids play. Uh, All right. Here, we get to watch him in the uh, Sacramento and Vegas Summer Leagues. That starts up in July. Uh, we'll get a better idea than we did at training camp. And look, there is still offseason left where he can make moves. I'm not sure how active they'll be given their financial situation, but we'll see. Can I, can I ask a, a, a league-wide Summer League question? Mm-hmm. The first Summer League game for Zion Williamson. Is against R.J. Barrett and the Knicks. The Pelicans and the Knicks are playing in summer league. Is that the biggest Knicks game since nineteen? Well, actually, since the Heat playoff games. I mean, that's that's a pretty big deal. That, big that's deal for, that, that that's would the be the biggest, biggest Knicks game. The, that's the biggest summer league game. I think. Well, I mean, that's that's probably the biggest summer league game since LeBron played in yeah, summer league, wouldn't you say? In a huge deal. Fifteen years. Well, there was a pretty good. Uh, there's the tension was in the was palpable when I went to go see. Uh, when I went to go see palpable. When I went to go see. Uh, <laughs> I just said palpable. Sorry, because I, I was in the middle of thought trying to figure out. I was trying to <laughs> construct a joke and I screwed it all that's up. A, that's wait, a let's. Oh, all right, let's take it back. In the process of constructing a joke, I mispronounced a word. I usually derailed the joke. I usually laugh before the pun. Punchline when I think it's funny. If my brain hits the punchline before my mouth, okay, go ahead, try yeah. again. But no, that's jokes gloss. I said I was going to say Bam Adebayo's debut in Orlando. I remember being at that uh, summer league game. I lost it all. I lo- this is what happens when I'm around you and Clay's not around. You derailed the pod. Well, no, the pod's over. I ended the pod. It's a difference. <laughs> that's a different thing. All right, Miami Heat, uh, get their pick, get their man, and we'll continue to talk about Heat basketball throughout the summer. Of course, depending on what happens in free agency and in any potential trades.